This episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher, and a very special guest today. Uh, Submission Underground has really made a name for itself during the quarantine as one of the few, not just jiu-jitsu events, but sporting events, period, to consistently put on shows, uh, work with local government to see what needs to be done in order to make that happen. And it has been absolutely insane to watch, and they haven't slowed down. They've got an upcoming absolute banger of a card in Submission Underground Underground 14, Craig Jones, uh, Wagner Hocha rematch. And here to talk about it is one of the masterminds of Submission Underground, <laughs> uh, matchmaker, extraordinaire, uh, promotions expert, Heather Standing. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate well, it. The pleasure is ours. How are you doing? I am doing as expected during the quarantine, although busy. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, as you said, we got shows. So everyone's got uh, uh, us on a, a microscopic scale compared to yours. But yes, we, we all have shows to do. <laughs> I'm fine with us being in the same ro- room on that. But uh, yep. before we really get into the card, I think a sure. lot of people, uh, this is a great opportunity to learn some more information on how uh, promotions and events in the combat. Uh, sports world are really put together and in, in submission grappling specifically. So if you would, could you tell us a little bit more about uh, your role as matchmaker and, and your, your work in the promotion? You know, matchmaker is probably the simplest name for my position in the company. <laughs> um, you know, one day Chael messaged me back in 2015, 16, I think it was, and says, Hey, I, at the time, I was matchmaking for um, the FCFF, which is the MMA amateur promotion that Chael also co-owns. Um, and so he messaged me, and literally, you know, Chael is a man of few words when he's emailing. We'll put it that way. But <laughs> uh, emailing and messaging, it's you kind of find yourself translating what he's trying to say in, like, one sentence. Um, and he simply was like, hey, everything that you're doing for the FCFF, we want you to do it for this grappling promotion we're going to do. Are you in? And I'm like, yes, because you always say yes to Chael. But, um, and so I found myself uh, matchmaking. Originally, just the undercard, you know, I didn't have, still don't have um, all the connections, obviously, that he does um, throughout his time in the business and everything. Um, so I was doing the undercard and then I do all the social media promotions. Um, just last year I started doing the, uh, graphic work for them as well. The graphic design work for the posters and whatnot. Um, I do the travel arrangements. I do, um, all the stuff that's required basically outside of production and announcing it and commentating it really. So it's a lot, (laughs) but um, I try to be his right wing woman, so to speak. And um, yeah, so it's, 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 uh, I, I am glad that we, we originally started out about 20, 
plus matches a card. And over the years, we've narrowed it down to 10. And that's significantly better for my position as well. So, yeah. Well, uh, the the matches themselves have always been something that Submission Underground sets apart. You know, a lot of times it's, you know, jujitsu, jujitsu, MMA yep. guy, MMA guy. You know, Metamorris was kind of doing those cross match things mm-hmm. a little bit when they like they had uh, Brendan Schaub and, and Cyborg that one time. Right. But you guys have made really made a it a marquee tentpole of the whole operation that other uh, like Quintet famously uh tries to emulate some of that i've seen um yeah. was that a, a conscious effort on your guys's part to bring more mma it, guys than it the was um chael's uh whole hope for the promotion um as he probably originally stated back in 2016 was who's the best is it mma guys is it pure jujitsu guys um and his in a perfect world all of our matches are those kind of matches where you see jujitsu purists versus MMA, as you saw with him throwing in um, Hallman and Rumble Johnson against Craig. I mean, that's, Chael loves that, you know? And so uh, we try to do that, especially on the main card as much as possible. Um, And it's worked in our benefit. I mean, as recently as um, Richie Martinez, you know, boogeyman from 10th Planet, he uh he's flat out said like i wanted to be in your show for several years now or, or for the last few years so to speak but um because he's tired of going against the same style of jujitsu guys you know and he wants a different style coming at him and so you know we throw him in there with shields for god's sakes you know and um and vanderford and um and we saw how that played out at the last show. I mean, nobody nobody thought that Vanderford had a chance. I mean, the betting odds were insane. And um, life happens. <laughs> I mean, beyond uh, – I think, Kev, you can agree. Beyond us, like, he, uh, we've had Boogie on the show. We had him ahead of his uh, most recent appearance on Submission Underground. And he was very complimentary of the organization. Yeah, uh, he's great. Us being friendly with the dude and thinking he's a great guy aside – we would also just never bet against him on that. Right. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I, I think I even privately said to Chael, said, um, you know, I felt bad. I actually felt bad for Austin when we matched that. I was like, oh, that's kind of a jump for Austin. But he's also gone against Jake Shields, and he went into overtime with Jake Shields. So it's like, okay, you know. And, uh, yeah, he's now kind of Austin's kind of became like the surprise it boy, you know, of the organization all of a sudden. So that's cool. I'm glad that we're having him come back too. You know, so. when when you talk about um about MMA fighters and in, in, in jujitsu matches, like all all you know, when when you're an MMA fighter for as long as it takes to get into the UFC, which is usually, you know, seven, eight years of, 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 right. of working, like even if you're not belted up to that brown belt, black belt level, like you have that amount of knowledge of jujitsu just from the Absolutely. fact that you have it thrown in your face all the times. Um, the only thing that's different is that, you know, and this happens at the highest levels of, of jujitsu too. When, when you have guys that have particularly trained with the mindset of MMA for an extended period of time, their timing isn't quite the same for a BJJ match. You know, they don't have the same understanding of how to advance the position without, without strikes involved or without the realization that you could be hit back. So, so it's, it's definitely a transition period for these guys to, to, to get up for that, which is again, 
why I commend your boy for doing so well. Because I rolled a boogie before I've competed against him. And he's a stud, man. He's a beast, an absolute submission machine. Yeah, we we see a lot of the um, MMA fighters kind of resort to a, a known wrestling background. Um, right. The strategy is very different. Um, you know, the jujitsu guys are, like you said, they're they're playing a different game. I mean, they're aware of the strategic, you know, side of it as well as pacing things out, etc. Oftentimes, the MMA guys that win are actually accused of running around or stalling or whatever. Um, whereas in MMA, you see more of get in, get out, get in, get out kind of engaging. Um, so it's really interesting to see how that plays out in the cage for submission underground. Yeah. You know, I, I had our, our guest, uh, previous this week, uh, really Delgado, we talked about that. We talked a lot about how the, the, the guard game and in, in a lot of sense in MMA is almost dead at this point. And like, aside from the, the absolute outliers, but even we talk percentages in, in that regard. So as a jujitsu competitor, a lot of times their jujitsu was less geared upon searching for that submission and more geared upon a negating someone else's jujitsu and b maintaining a positional dominance so that you can start to incorporate uh -huh. them strikes. So it's just a different strategical approach. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and with us. Oh, Go sorry. You're, you're, I was just thinking how funny it would be if, if you know, you do see MMA fight. Imagine if like Craig had had tried to shoot a single on Rumble though. Just oh like, my gosh! Oh, that yeah. <laughs> I, I keep waiting guy. for one of those, you know, MMA purists just to like accidentally pop him. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, Joe, it's fun. We had Joe Lozon on the show a little while uh -huh. back, and he was very blatant about saying, you know, my my mind space when I'm in the guard in, in an MMA match is I'm not looking to break the guard and pass. I'm just gonna rain hammer right. fists down um, right, from inside right. closed guard. Because what what like that's what you do, and then yep. oh, I'm getting punched. They open the guard, and then I pass, maybe, or I just stay there. <laughs> Which is again a very legitimate use of practical jujitsu in terms of self defense or BJJ. You know, when we're talking about a Brazilian jujitsu match, I talk about this all the time. Like the idea of us having to split off into these more intricate avenues of submission approaches and, and more detailed techniques are very fun for us to do, particularly when we don't have to worry about getting strikes back. Because like in an A to B match, when I have, when you have two black belts, one-on-one -on -one with one another, it's going to be very difficult to go down the very simplistic, minimalistic uh, philosophy of positional jujitsu in order to find a submission in that manner. So we have to try to trick each other with these more advanced, intricate techniques. And it's very beautiful and fun to watch. And it's, you know, I don't think that by any means that, a UFC fighter, an MMA fighter, does not have the advanced level of jiu-jitsu at all. I, I personally right. believe that that that, that uh, pressure-oriented game has its place. And the perfect example is a guy like Jake Shields. Like Jake Shields uses uh -huh. that pressure to his advantage, and it's very, it's a very, it's a very systematic, formulaic approach of the most fundamental, elemental uh, ideas of jiu-jitsu. You know, advance a position to the next position until your opponent is eventually, you know, sucked out and carried out and, and, and until... So a lot of guys... Until, until they submission approach. So a lot of guys that are now in the jiu-jitsu scene mindset, the jiu-jitsu competition mindset, don't appreciate that because it might not be as, 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 as beautiful and exciting for them, but it's still very effective. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's the other problem that we have with Submission Underground is... You know, we we tend to gear more towards MMA people um, and the MMA fans. I mean, the first time that we ever put on a Submission Underground show, it was eerie to us because Saturday night we did um, the amateur fights at the same venue. And, it's you know, it's 
sold out. People are, you know, they're drinking beers or yelling. I mean, you can't hear anything. Everything's just so wild. And, you know, the next day we do the Mission Underground and you could hear a pin drop. I mean, you right. could hear everything the corner said as if you were watching the UFC last weekend, you know, I mean, you could hear everything. And we're like, oh my God, do the fans hate it? You know, like, do they have, you know? <laughs> and it was like, no, in jujitsu, it's a, it's a different form of, uh, you know, people are learning, they're observing, they're respecting, you know, what's happening in the cage. Um, and, and so it's our job to kind of find that line of um, having enough excitement you know, for the MMA fan at home and, and then having, um, you know, the jujitsu purists like Craig Jones and whatnot in there that are giving them something as well. So catering to both sides has been a balance. I, I, <laughs> a balance I, am, I am looking forward so thoroughly to the day though, where that starts to break down and we get, instead of the just bleed guy, we get the just wrist lock guy at, <laughs> yes, at, at yes. underground at Quintet uh-huh. at Ivy, at the IBJJF worlds. Just like, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think that more fans is a good thing and, and a bigger variety is good. Although I do like quiet. I'm personally a, a quiet fan. Well, it's been nice. It's been a little nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you bring up that crossover because that's what I was thinking about when I thought about this whole thing. And it's one of the things that I primarily think about when I think about your your marketing platform. And, uh-huh. and the reason why you have these crossover matches is because you're char- you have these uh, you know UFC versus BJJ matches is because the majority of people on Fight Pass don't know who Craig Jones is. They don't know who Boogie Martinez is. Exactly. But they, but they know who Craig. They know who uh, you know Jake Shields is. They know who yes. you know all the other big names. They know who Channel Sonnen is. They know who the big name fighters. Yep. They know who Rubble Johnson is. So yep. you get them to tune in by getting them to say, "Oh wow, Rumble Johnson is going to be doing this. What is this thing? BJJ? Sure, let's check it out." You know exactly. what I mean? Then hopefully the idea is they learn to appreciate the art of jujitsu because you pulled them in to watch these matches. And I, you know, I know Chael Sonnen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that's the absolute hope. I mean, when we first started submission underground, we were uh, streamed out of flow grappling and people hated us, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, they didn't like Chael. They weren't amused by him. They were just like, "Eh, why is this guy in our sport? Um, You know, and they weren't amused by us putting in, um, you know, people that were MMA, you know, Tim Sylvia's and, you know, even John Jones, they're like, why is John Jones headlining your show? And it's like, cause it's John Jones, right, John but Jones. Uh, they didn't care. They were just like, this is a horrible match. I mean, they didn't want to see our, our MMA people. And when we found a home at UFC fight pass, it was like, yeah, that this is, this is where we need to be. And, um, and, and we, you know, there are people that are, upset that we're not even doing like combat jujitsu. I mean, they obviously want to see Anthony Johnson smack somebody or, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, but it is nice to see that they're also embracing jujitsu as almost like a new sport to them too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, jujitsu in general has struggled with that for a long time. You brought up yeah. the idea of combat jujitsu. You brought up the idea of flow grapple, yeah. some other things, you know, they have struggled very much with getting to that mainstream market because the, at the yeah. end of the day, like, you know, guys like myself that have been training for, for decades that really appreciate and enjoy the art of jujitsu. There's not a whole lot of us, you know, there's not uh-huh. a whole lot. And, and at the end of the day, you got to pay the bills, man. So in yeah. order for our sport to grow, you have yeah. to come up with ways to get people that aren't, 
completely have a complete and, and utter understanding of all things BJJ to tune uh-huh. in. And you do that by these little gimmicks. They tried to do it with CJJ to incorporate. Well, you know, not everybody knows what a, what an Akamora is, but everybody yep. knows what it means to get smacked in the face. You yes. know, that brings that brings people <laughs> yes. in to watch. You know, yeah, not everybody's gonna know what a leg lock is, but everybody's gonna say, "Oh, wow, Rumble But watch. I think the problem with C uh, with combat jujitsu was that it ended up trying to appeal too hard. Like like submission underground. At the end of the day, it knows what it it is. No, I'm I could be putting words in your mouth, but I, it feels like it knows what it is. It's not trying to blend MMA and jujitsu. It's trying to showcase the jujitsu yeah. in MMA by having yes. a lot of the. Fight. it's Absolutely. not trying to blend the worlds it's like you're taking too much of two good things and and, and incorporating various aspects that don't benefit each other that's like uh-huh. it always felt like you're not you're not getting world-class striking from guys in jiu-jitsu slapping each other you know yeah <laughs> I, but and i always had a feeling that uh the initial like from what you're saying about your initial reaction to flow it feels like there is some part of jiu-jitsu purists that might not like the fact that even the best jujitsu guy, if like in an MMA context could get kicked in the head and then the, the fight's just over, you know, and then we don't, we don't get to see yeah. good jujitsu. Yeah. But, you know, I haven't really thought about it too much. It's, it's a pro I, I think that we have a lot of good promotions and this is just one of them. And, and you guys are sort of the only game in town right now. And, uh, yeah. Before we get before we get into that, I would just love to talk very briefly about uh, one of the other unique things that Submission Underground has going for it, and that is the the tag team system. You know, you, you don't <laughs> see that like incorporated a lot, and it's led to some very interesting matches. And uh, could could you tell us a little bit more about how that came to be? Yeah, um, I don't want to say I'm taking credit for it, but I will take credit for it, whether good or bad right now. <laughs> it's your show, baby. Do whatever you want. You take credit whatever I mean, you want to. Go it's, ahead. On the, uh, it's, it's almost negative to take credit for it right now after the As of right now, of, uh, yes, it's, it's, like, it's, it's a, a little point. dicey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll take that heat, though. I will. Um, you know, I worked for a show, like a little Jim Smoker show back in 2013, and um and we we did take team jujitsu at this tiny little venue, three hundred people, you know, and and all these big name people at the time, um, you know, for instance, uh, UFC fighter Ricky Simone right now, he was one of them that did it back then. Um, but these local big names want to do it. They're like, oh, this is so much fun. We've done something like this in the gym and practice, blah blah. Um, and everyone loved it. The fans loved it. The competitors loved it. I mean, we all knew it was silly. We recognized that it was kind of, you know, out there, but, um, but it just generated a lot of, you know, attention. And so I said to chill one day, you know, we were having, we just weren't getting, um, we weren't getting the excitement in the cage that we wanted. I mean, back then we were doing eight minute matches and now we're doing five minute matches at submission underground, which we get yelled at a lot about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, I told Chill, I said, let's, let's do, um, let's try this. I mean, I went to Starbucks with him, sat down with him and I gave him that idea and another crazy one. And he went with that one. So, um, I brought in a few people that I knew really well that had done it at that show back in 2013. And I said, we're going to do this on the big stage. And, and it was great. I mean, honestly, a lot of our tag team matches were fun. Um, we decided to incorporate the crowd, you know, to do an audience vote if there was no, you know, if it was a tiebreaker situation or no subs at all. 
Um, and it was, it was great for having energy and excitement in the crowd because like I said before, it was just deadpan silent, you know? And so then channels like, Oh, we got to do this on, you know, the big names. And so he, you know, he went and put 25,000 on the line, you know, he said that on the mic and I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Craig Jones, Nikki Rod, and Vinny and Kyle. I mean, you can't go wrong with that, right? I mean, no. Uh, Vinny and Kyle wanted to get paid, and they got paid. I mean, that's... <laughs> it's, it's, and, you know, it, it builds the excitement, man. Stars build I, excitement. That's I hated that night. I hated no. everything about it. I was so... I mean, I told Jail, I said, we should have had uh, Jake and uh, Boogeyman be the main event. I mean, it was just, you know, it was horrible. Boogie will and, do... Boogie will put on a show every to time. his detriment. Every like, time. He, like, he, like, even, he's admitted in past matches where he's like, I should have probably been smarter, but, I, like, this thing was so cool, and I wanted yeah. to do it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, oh he's authentic. <laughs> I mean, he's exciting. He's authentic and a good guy, you know, and people love him because he's just different, you know, but... Yeah, I, I I ran to Craig Jones after uh, that horrible atrocity and <laughs> in the in the parking lot, and he he apologized to me. He blamed the ref, you know. I mean, there was there was you know stuff going on, and I just was like, you know, he tried to give Chael back his money, and I mean, it was just this whole, you know. And uh, we're like, you know, you'll make it up to us. <laughs> I I would like to say that I I feel like. The, the heat seemed to be directed more at the athletes, you know, Vinny, Kyle, and, you know, Craig. It was the, funny like, how that turned out. Um, people, you know, they were upset that – what was funny is that the public blamed Nikki Rod for not tagging in Craig, whereas Craig messaged me two days prior to the show, and he's like, hey, I always show up, but I'm sick. And I'm like, okay, so I'm thinking, well, great. I'm glad you're here. I didn't expect him not to even participate. That was not, you know, that was never a thought in my mind. I wish I had known that. Um, and he just kind of uh, fed Nikki Rod to them, which was just a little bit too much, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was um, it was what we saw play out. So You know, I've, I've actually – it's funny you say I've actually coached – Nikki Rod before in uh -huh. a similar event. There was uh the what, what the hell was it? The Fight Stars, the Substars yeah. event. Substars. It wasn't Substars. It was, was Substars. It? They had they had a wow. tag team event. It was a Substars tag team okay. event. They had it was horrible. It was a very small little low budget. Did you show. get paid? Uh yeah, you got paid. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is is that <laughs> you know to to Nikki Rod's you know uh you know a benefit or appeal or whatever you know he's an amazing athlete he's amazing oh, yeah, no he's awesome. him. I, I wasn't trying to do that no 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 yeah. no. but yeah. the point is he's also you forget he's also a kid he's only like 22 years old well so, he's so, still a purple belt despite yeah. the people who he's rolling with i mean he's rolling right. with incredible talent obviously but he is still a purple belt and and Vinny played a very strategic game and then he right. threw in kyle and overtime and right and there was you know there was arguments about how uh, you know, Kyle complained about Nikki Rod being too sweaty, and then the ref towel him off. off. Right, <laughs> right. It's crazy. That, it's insane. That ref, yeah. that ref seemed to be making a few questionable decisions during that. that. Yeah, 
I it's, talked to what, the ref on Monday. I was distraught. Like on Monday, I was like, we're ruined. I mean, it was, I'm definitely the more dramatical, emotional one. And <laughs> I was messaging, I mean, Chael literally messaged me that afternoon. He says, Heather, I need you to get off social media. <laughs> He's like, go take a bath, go do something, get off the internet. Because we, you know, and Chael, of course, he's the bigger pitcher. I'm still, I'm still uh, newer to the public, you know, uh, peanut gallery, you know. And um, Chael's just like, "Hey, we're in the public eye right now. This is great." But me, I was like, "If you can survive all of Brazil wanting you dead, then I'm pretty sure you can survive <laughs> yeah. anything." Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> oh, he loves it. He lives for that stuff. I swear. But, yeah, but I. Um, I, I I didn't think it personally, like I didn't think it was that atrocious of an event. It, it, there was a couple factors that I thought could have went better. I mean, th again, yeah. it's difficult, particularly when you're looking in a situation like that it's, and it's a new rule format. You have to make sure that the referee doesn't just know the rules, but it has to be a very strong willed referee. And, and the point of the matter is this is like, even if you're unsure about the rules, be yeah. sure about yourself. Don't allow the athletes yes. to get inside of your head. Even if you make uh -huh. a wrong call, you know, the rule set's different. It's new. We don't really understand it. But you know what? I'm standing firm to what I say, and that's the way it goes. Sorry, Nikki Rod or, 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 or yeah. whoever else. It's I'm yeah. here to talk, make the call. Wrong or right is what we're going to do. So yep. sit down and shut up. You know, and, and it's yeah, he um he's been the ref that we've used since day one. So he's this is his fourteenth one coming up here. Um and obviously he's been around the game for a long time. Um it's D Dave Hagan is our ref. Um so he's known for judging as well at the UFC and whatnot. Um but and and so yeah, the, it wasn't his first tag team match, but I know that, you know, yeah, there was some mistakes and he, you know, him and I talked about the next day and um you know, I mean, I, his job is a very thankless one anyway, but, um, Everybody hates but I was pleased with, you know, Vinny kind of covered us a little bit on that Monday. He put out a statement and what was crazy is that everyone was initially so mad at Vinny and Kyle for their strategic nature and the whole thing. And all of a sudden Vinny puts out a statement and everyone's like, Oh, screw Craig and Nikki. You guys hash it out. You know? No one at their core wants to hate Vinny. He's too cool. Like he, no one in the whole game He's has great. ever just been able to ride on a move, not working. Like the only other guys that can say leg locks don't work are like the meows. And that's just because right? they have <laughs> their phones should be in their well, ankles. Not, not anymore. If you look at uh, Vinny's yeah. ankle since his last uh, match, you know what? I got to tell you guys, Vinny is mad at me right now. He has been he has been on me about uh I mean, he's pissed that he's not on this show next Sunday. No like, way. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm not even I'm not even lying to you. He has messaged me and he's like the media can think what they want. I'm fine. Um he's like I'm ready to go. I've been training. I mean, he's sending me video clips, you know. And I'm like, "Nick, I'm like, Vinny, you are wild. Like, what are you doing?" Um I mean, you know, he was obviously in Portland the day after our event last time, and we were trying to figure out there was going to have to have surgery. No surgery. Doctor sent him home. Um, I, I, it's insane. He's like, he's Gumby. I mean, he's got yeah, he's ankles hanging that are. He's stop hanging out with Tony Ferguson. That's what this tells me. <laughs> Ten some, Planet some... guys need to keep Tony separated from everybody else. <laughs> that mindset. Some guys just have there. that. Some guys just have those rubber legs, man. Like the meows. I feel like oh, yeah. no guys in the gym. And, but man, looking at that, I rubber legs is one thing. 
I've never seen a leg look that bad with someone I've like never Craig seen Jones. A, yeah, a Craig Jones knows how to Craig Jones knows like how to break a leg. Yeah, it was insane to watch the watch a clip up like that. It's crazy. <laughs> Craig even Craig even commented on a picture saying like, "What's crazy about this picture is he's his leg is fully broken and he's still attacking my leg." Like he's he he's was just, asking the ref how much time was left because he was yeah. going to go into overtime. He wants to go into overtime. Right? <laughs> if he gets into the EBI <laughs> overtime. Right. Because you know, he, you he, imagine, he the game on. I mean, he was right. really going to do that. I bet you if the ref had told him like 40 seconds, he would have hung out. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> I just, I, you know, they don't it, make it, them the, like Vinny. If, if Vinny, like in an alternate universe, where Vinny somehow with that leg makes it to EBI overtime, there's a very like non zero chance that he wins, like, gets the fastest escape. Like, Could whatever you imagine? he's got. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, all I can say is I'm I I hope there's a rematch at some point. You know, I feel like every, I think like, he does too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know that he probably wants in that uh tournament that we're doing next month. I'm sure he does, but <laughs> Kyle wants in it too, though. Kyle Bame has been blowing up my phone trying to get in this tournament next month that we're doing. So Kyle is a big guy, man. He's huge. He's a monster. I, I made it's, this... it's an open weight tournament for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I made him a little uncomfortable when we had him on the show just because I kept complimenting his lats the entire time. <laughs> like, just because it's just like they're kind of ridiculous. It looks like you're about to take flight in all your pictures. Like you could just <laughs> flap your arms and just take I... off. I know how big Nicky Rod is because I've been around him quite a bit. Yes. And, and like, yeah. like there were certain parts of Kyle that almost made Nicky Rod look small. Like he looks like he's wider. He's yeah. wider. It's his, insane. His chest and upper. And I didn't really have an understanding of how big Kyle was until yeah. you had the the you know the the reference well, yeah, of seeing like, next to Nicky. I think he's six four two. Oh, I mean, geez. I think he's, he's, he's yeah, I mean, they were making our ref look kind of small, and Dave's tall. I mean, it was – yeah, it's – we've had some big boys in there. <laughs> Wasn't he a professional football player or something like that? We had him on the podcast. We did, he did something like that. He, he, he was a professional – I know he's a professional model, athlete, so. but I don't know yeah. – Oh, he's a model, uh, no, too. I'm, I'm, about, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Nikki Rock. Nikki, um, yeah, Nikki, yeah, yeah, I don't know about Kyle. I don't know about Kyle. We had him on the show before. I think he played I mean, Kyle. He played some, he played some high-level athletics before. Yeah. Neither, of, uh, neither of them are bigger than the, the biggest man in West Lynn, Oregon. But, not know. his arms, that's for sure. Not his arms, biggest arms. Just the, each arm is the size. His right's the size of Nicky Rod. The left is the size of Kyle Bame. So, yeah. so. Let's pivot a few seconds here and, and yeah. talk about something else here. Let, t- tell me a little bit about, about what it's like being around Chael. And I, and I mean that in terms of like, you know, we all know Chael from the, 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 the self-marketing, larger-than-life yes. person and personality yes. Yes. he is. Yes. Tell us a little bit what it's like being with him one-on-one. Is that is that an actor? Is that really the person that he is a lot? Oh, that's I mean, either. You know what I mean? Is that is that his yeah, promotional yeah, no, side, I, right? So I'll, I'll put it this way: my baby sister absolutely hates Chill. She thinks he's a you know a tall jerk. Right. You know how could you even work with that guy? I hate him. And I just tell her, I'm like, you really think that's who I work with? You know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Chill is uh, you know he's charming, super funny guy, charming, a little petty. He's got a petty side to him, which I love. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, he's most most fighters do, by the way. It's just he, oh DNA. yeah, oh I love it. He will just be petty with a smile on his face, and you, you all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, you know. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, but he, you know, he's super smart. And and the thing about Chael is, no matter how smart you think you are, it, it seems like he is somehow in some universe ten steps ahead. You know, he he literally is just always that wheel's always turning for things that are supposed to happen in a year or two. I mean, and that's probably why he's been so successful is that he's just putting in those puzzle pieces, you know, the whole time. But um, it's great, you know. Um, he's uh, He's he's just very smart and he enjoys when it works in his favor. Um, I actually, before this uh, interview, I was watching his his newest uh, YouTube and it was about Tito. Oh boy! <laughs> and <laughs> and I loved it because it was probably the most authentic Chael you could probably see um, because he. Him and Tito, oh my God. But uh, yeah, he's <laughs> laughing and he's cackling into the camera. And, uh, you know, he loves a good win and Tito likes to give them to him. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tito's not smart. He should be nicer to him. I like, I've met Tito a few times. I like him. I like his girlfriend. They're, you know, it's whatever. But, um, but oh God, Chael just loves to have the upper hand on, on the quick wit. That is for sure. But, um, no, it, it's great. You know, um, I will tell you that nothing, to my knowledge, I mean, I'm sure there is stuff behind the scenes I don't see, but nothing, to my knowledge, seems to phase Chael. I mean, I could give him bad news and he's like, okay, moving on, you know. Um, when I, when I, I, I was constantly... I'm the one that has the anxiety and the worry. And when all the quarantine um, started happening with the coronavirus, I mean, I'm like, chill. I got competitors blowing up my phone. I got flights being changed and canceled. I'm like, are we really doing this? You know? And, and then I'm giving him all the updates from our governor every five seconds. You know, every time she has a press release, I'm like, oh, she says we can only have 50 people. Oh, no, we can only have 25 people. We're not allowed to have events, period, you know? And he's just like, the show goes on, you know? He's, <laughs> he's like, you know, if you've seen that Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. that I'm is chill. <laughs> That's chill. The show goes on, you know? You're going to need an uh, to take me out. <laughs> no, he, he literally, the, I mean, I think he had me on one of those text messages where i'd text him and he would just respond with like the same sentence because i feel like every time i messaged him concerned about the show he was like let them show up in handcuffs with handcuffs let them show up with handcuffs and i'm like chill i don't want them to show up with <laughs> we don't want that yeah. and he's, like, he's like heather we'll be sitting in a cell together and i said no we won't because of the <laughs> coronavirus but you better be bailing me out and right. <laughs> elon musk uh, definitely texted chael advice on how to deal with the the factory closing <laughs> Yo, when i think it, about when i think about chael and i think about the person that he is i think about like a lot of the modern template for for a lot of these new mma fighters that try to like imitate him in order to get you know uh recognition in order to get fights in order to get more more marketing for yeah. themselves and, and it yeah. seems almost like it's a poor like poor like <laughs> work or a poor like professional wrestling skit when you see it but like when i think about chael i think of someone that pulls it off mm -hmm. simply because he is authentically that confident in himself and he's authentically that's that's his real person that's who he is and it's not an act no. I mean, I, I think I think there's, you know, a shtick there for sure, um, you know, and and there's got to be to an extent, you know, for the for the um, for the marketing ploy with the fans. But but he yeah, I mean, 
you know, something that has to be recognized, you know, for as much people as don't like Chael and for those that do, you know, he is successfully currently working for both UFC and Bellator and, you know, ESPN in the middle of it all. I mean, and that's, that's, I don't know anyone that really does that, you know, and he's able to <clears throat> appease both sides and, and have his own grappling promotion and, and still, you know, I mean, he just, he makes it work. Yeah, he, he makes it work. He's the master of the old, uh, the old cliche. You know, love, love me or hate me, you're still talking about me, and it still puts me yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. That's chill. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, he, he's walked a lot. He's stretched that about as far you can as you can stretch it. Though, let's be honest. I, I'm I'm speaking as a fan. I've also just been but they're like, still watching. Yeah. Oh they're yeah, still, they're no. still watching. They're still they're still tuning in. They're still tuning yeah. in. Well, let's just let's talk briefly about you. You already brought up. Uh, the lockdown, a lot of promotions, you know, they uh, like third coast uh, fight to win. They, they said, we gotta, we gotta put everything on hold. We gotta stop. Yeah. Uh, and I, I believe you guys had a delay. Like, did you push the date back for uh, the first Not event that you did was 12, right? Uh, March 29th. Yes. Submission on on 12. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that, the process of, of getting everything squared away? Like as briefly as you can, I know you can't go into it too so no, much. But... Fine. Um, so we, our home base is the Roseland theater in downtown Portland. Um, that's where all of our shows have been at. Um, that's also where we do our MMA show. Um, and we had, an, we had actually had our MMA show there on March 5th and it was a rare weekend that we did not have, Submission Underground piggybacking off of it. We try to do it the same weekend, you know, Saturday and Sunday. Um, but UFC Fight Pass, we have to work with their dates too, obviously. And so they've given us the date of March 29th. Um, it was really weird because we had a sold out show on March 5th with the MMA show. Um, and then, of course, everything changed in a week, you know. <laughs> and um, we were still talking to the venue, trying to see if we could still have it, you know, when they were minimizing, you know, 100, they started out with 250 people down to all the way down to zero, obviously, you know, every time there was a press update, it was, you know, 25 people, whatever. <laughs> um, and so we decided we we're like, oh, okay, we'll still have it at the venue, but we just won't have anybody there. You know, we'll just have our bare minimum staff and the competitors. And the venue got really squeamish on us. You know, they're like, you know, <laughs> probably shouldn't be doing that period. And the hotel was canceling. The hotel actually closed down the one that we use. And um, next thing I know, I mean, we changed venues. I want, I think four times, I think four times um, in, in a matter of three weeks I mean, or less, you know, um, we, uh, there was a call in on us. Um, someone found out about the venue that we had before the venue that we got. Um, and someone called in us to the OLCC, you know, the. Snitches, <laughs> yeah. snitches, snitches get stitches. <laughs> oh man. It, you know, people, people don't want you to be successful if they can't be right. You know, and, you know, and, and I get it, but, um, and we've had so many people ask us, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? And and you actually touched on it earlier saying, oh, you know, we've been working with the government. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, we are, we are uh, saying that they were do that they were working with someone. So that was just uh, that might have been BS or I just imagined. I, that yeah, I, I, let, I let Chael tell that story how he wants to. But at the end of the day. <laughs> 
I bet it's a much better story yeah. with jail tells it. <laughs> no, totally no, you just did it. it. You just I mean, did it. No, you know, if, if jail tells you, then we have an empty grain silo on an island somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't you know, believe it. We're, curr- uh, we're currently four, four miles beneath the center of the earth coming to you live he does a really good chail by the way i have a decent (laughs) yeah you do i just just got a text from daniel cormier it's crazy (laughs) i will tell you about the thing about i am learning about about uh promoting like i've never known i mean the business has been very disappointing on some levels you know um everything from discussion about fixed fights to to fake text messages and whatever uh, you yeah. know but <laughs> it, it's yeah but it, no i mean so we have a venue <laughs> um and it's been the same venue for uh the 12th and 13th show and then um this show next weekend um of course and uh <laughs> i i don't know if it you know, yeah, it's a grain silo. We'll put it that way. That's probably a good way to put it. <laughs> I love the marketing of it. You know, I'm, it's clearly not. It's a, a room. It's not circular, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, chill. Really? That's okay. We'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> We're currently you know, on a moon so... base, a secret uh, moon base, <laughs> bringing you fights. <laughs> On on my side of it, I, we've been very fortunate. I it's been hard to match make because you know for March 29th, people didn't want anything to do with it. You know we had I, I mean I had competitors tell me left and right, no, my wife won't allow me to or whatever, you know, or hit me up after this whole quarantine. Um, I mean we had people just pulling out left and right. Right. And I was concerned. Um, I was like, oh, I you know, and then you then you have to trust the people that you bring in because we don't want you know, the government to find out where the grain silo is and we don't, (laughs) you know, and we have to, you know, you, I mean, honestly, like our first show that we did, uh, and I I don't, well, I'll disclose it, but like our first show that we did, we're caravanning people in from the hotel. They don't know the address. They don't know where it's at. Even the day of the show. (laughs) Oh, I wish. I wish, you know. Like the cartel? Yeah, I mean, we're, but we're carpooling everybody in, and we don't—they don't get the itinerary until the day before. You know, they're getting the itinerary, and they're—they're they're all told like, "Hey, don't check into the hotel like on your phone." You know, Facebook check-in, Instagram check-in. Don't take videos. I—I yell that at the last event. I yelled at Ethan uh, Crowlinston. I probably said his name better than Chael did, but anyway, uh, I yelled at Ethan, and I was like, "Dude." I'm like, you need to take down that picture on your Instagram story because he's outside the grain silo, like doing a full panoramic. And I'm like, quarantine's <laughs> <laughs> not over. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he took it down. And I'm just like, Tail, I feel like an accomplice. <laughs> like this, 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 this episode is being titled Live from the Grain Silo. How how concerned, how concerned were you with? you know, the CDC or whatever governing bodies literally kicking the door down right in the middle of your production. I was terrified. I really? was terrified. I, I, I will say this. Like, so I first met up with them at the hotel, like on March 29th, that was our first show. It was really eerie. There was not a lot of traffic out. And of course we have like, you know, 12 cars that we have to get over to the venue. And I didn't know where the venue was. I mean, I had no address. I mean, the same day of the show. And so I met up with them at the hotel 
and um, they're like, okay, follow me. And we took we took the competitors in groups of three um, because I'm like, it's gonna look like a funeral procession, you know, and that looks weird right now. So we did three. <laughs> we did. This is a true story. The story gets and better we did, and better we as we three, go. We, yeah, it is, it is what it is. But we did three batches of bringing people over. You know, and I had, you know, patient zero in my car, Craig Jones, you know, <laughs> fresh out of fresh out of New York during the quarantine. Awesome. Oh but no. I'm like, chill, this is not okay. But yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, but uh but we get everyone over to the venue and um, you know, Kevin, um, who uh is normally the announcer, he's also co owner, you know, with um mm-hmm. with the MMA show as well, they're business partners. Um uh, I, I looked at Kevin and I said, you know, you guys, he, he goes, what do you think? I said, you guys are geniuses. This is brilliant. I mean, it's out in the middle of, it's, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's, you know, definitely Sug Island, you know? <laughs> um, but to a certain, you know, I mean, Chael was just like, I, cause I said to Chael, I said, what happens if, what happens if, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fully, my, my parents who have never watched the Submission Underground in their life, subscribe to UFC Fight Pass because they wanted to see if something popped off <laughs> during the show. They wanted to be aware of it if their daughter was going to jail, you know? And I'm like, oh my God. So um, there was a lot of tension that first show. Um, and I will tell you this, after the show was over, I have never seen a more relieved Chael Sonnen than what I saw that day. <laughs> he came out of his room with the, uh, you know, the whole bad guy ink stuff. And, and he comes out and he's like, we did it. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and we all just kind of high fived and it was like, you know, and now well, it's I mean, just like, whatever. But so he was like, was there a reason that he was the only co- one on commentary? Was it just that they were, everyone was trying to keep it as few people as possible or? Yes. I mean, yeah. So originally um, what was crazy about it was uh, before the, you know, coronavirus stuff hit um, Karen Bryant, who normally does, you know, interviews with our people. Um, she wasn't able to make it. She had a conflict that show. So we were going to have Paige Van Zant do it. Um, and then uh, Sean, who's also one of our uh, commentators, Sean Wheelock, he had had another conflict that weekend already pre-scheduled down in California. Um, so we are already were kind of having a change up going on anyway um, for that show. And uh, when when our stuff got minimized, it was just like Jail says, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to sit in the chair and do it. And why not? Crazy, See, why not? <laughs> well, yeah, why not? I mean, right. you know, you'd save some money too. And yeah. you're also staying within whatever guidelines we're trying to stay within. Um, and, and the people have loved it, you know, I mean, they've actually, we've actually gotten really good feedback about him doing it that way. So I, we've, we've stayed with that for these shows. And um, I, I, I would almost anticipate that he'll, you know, consider staying with that, you know, after as well. But it's hard to say because he does work for ESPN and they pull him a lot. I mean, there's been a couple of shows where he hasn't been at. So did you, did you get any blowback or blowback from the fight pass leading up to this? Where any of them like, whoa, 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 you can't be doing this. Uh, I, none that I was aware of. Um, Shale, you know, as he tells the story, I mean, <laughs> he, <laughs> we worked with who we needed to work with. <laughs> I mean, Chael's like, look, I made a commitment to these show dates and we're doing them. You know, that's that's Chael, you know. Um, I, you know, we, we got a lot of blowback from um, 
from other companies, you know, sponsors, you know, were, were not wanting to touch us with the 10 foot pole, um, which I understand too, you know, which is kind of, it's kind of worked out the opposite way for us though. We've gotten way more publicity and good publicity. I mean, I was kind of telling uh, Kevin Bradley before the show that, um, you know, the first show that we did in quarantine, people, I don't think expected it to happen. Um, nor did I, but, <laughs> um, and so we didn't get a lot of buzz. And then once it happened, you were like, Oh my God, how did Chael pull this off? You know? And, um, I mean, he was on the phone with Dana White and Dana White's going, I cannot believe that you pulled this off. <laughs> you know? Um, I, but that's, I mean, from, you know. from our point of view, I was actually, uh, lucky enough to cover. I did the coverage for submission that submission underground 12 for the jujitsu times and the feeling in the. Uh, amongst the writers and the editors was just like, does someone want to be there for it? And I'm like, I, I guess I'll do it if it happens. I, <laughs> yeah. I would love it to happen, but I don't know, you know, and, and then it ended up going off really well. Yeah. And uh, it also was very interesting seeing everybody be quiet and Chael being able to go into the minutia of what's happening. You know, mm -hmm. you're able to really get into the nitty gritty of the grappling. And he's also giving backstories for, you know, undercarders that we might not talk about in that way, which was really cool. You know, he's, yeah. like, he's he somehow got their whole life stories like like John here, uh, longtime wrestler, you know, favorite color blue. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's so awesome. <laughs> you know what is funny is that um, you know when we bring in when we bring in Sean Wheelock and Nate Quarry, you know, to commentate, um, I don't really have to give uh, notes to them. Uh, but you know, when Chael is doing it, I give him notes for. I'm the one that writes down the color blue. You know, I'm like that, I'm that person that does that for him because. But you know, you got to fill space. We don't have the full right. on. Yeah. announcer i mean our shows used to be about two and a half hours and they're about an hour and a half right now because we don't have you know the ring girls we don't have the announcer we don't have this crazy walkout music you know and touching up and all that stuff or whatever people do and um so it's it's uh it's been a difference in timing as well for the show and as as someone know. that is is a not a professional broadcaster and b had to do shows like that where you have to fill time that is not easy to do that's tough, it's not. tough, tough. like you think you think of it we'll just talk you're like you're like you just you run out of things to talk about and you just kind of like ah what i mean i mean i'm a ham yeah. too i love to talk it's still it's still difficult to do <laughs> yeah well and we we also because of the coronavirus i mean the guys are wiping down the cage mat, you know, in between every match. And so he does have that time to fill too, you know, and I, and I think during that time frame, it's strictly panned on him, not on the cage, but yeah, they're wiping it down every, every match. So it's a, it's a process. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, so you were the ones that uh, decided on everyone's got to be full, full long sleeve rash guard, full spats, you know, like that, that was, were you working with any health officials or was that just like an optic decision you guys made to put people at ease? That was a decision that was our, our production guy was pretty adamant about it. Um, <laughs> we've gotten some feedback on that too, from some of the podcasts. Um, it's a, uh, I think the whole idea was that if for some reason uh, the cops did 
bust down our door or whatever, you know, um, that we could say that we took every single possible precaution to make it a good event, you know, a safe event, um, with the exception of when they're entwined, you know. Um, and so even down to the warm-up areas, um, everyone was, you know, um, required to be socially distanced. I mean, we didn't, we don't even have our, we haven't had our photographer at the last two events. Um, we have a doctor there that pre-screens everybody um, when they walk in, you know, checks their temperature, does all that stuff too. Um, and so adding, I, literally it was two days before the event, we already had Jake Ellenberger and, uh, you know, Kevin Casey and those guys in town um, when I got told that we needed to have long sleeve and, you know, spats and all that jazz. And I luckily am really good friends with our local uh, uh, fight shop people. And he opened up the store just for me and dropped about, you know, $600 and, you know, got all these, you know, outfits for the people that don't have them. I mean, you know, Craig Jones, he's not used to you know, he likes to run around his little leopard print. So we had to, you know, <laughs> so, tell me extra, extra short shorts. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. So Kevin, uh, Kevin G does, does, do we know if Nikki Rod owns, uh, any shirts? Just uh, flat out? Only when he has to, I've, I've, oh, I've only when he has to. even when he is wearing a shirt, it's usually a button down that's or, or, or an extremely limited muscle tank top. You he know, just, he's, yeah. Yeah, he just kind of pulled it off whenever he wants. We, he did an entire podcast with a shirtless. It was, it was, it was, it was just in his kitchen, just completely shirtless. And I'm I, not going to lie to you. If I looked like Nikki Rod, I don't think I'd ever wear, wear a shirt. Right. Either, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, you, can't, you can't fault him for that. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, we did the, when we when we did the tag team uh, match with him and Craig, um, I think it was Nikki that came up to me and asked if he had to wear a shirt. And um, I kind of thought about it for a minute and I was like, I don't care because we've had guys that have gone in there without a shirt. You know, they just they didn't want to wear one. And honest to God, I didn't think about that being a strategic thing at all. Right, um, right. And so I was like, sure, you guys can all go shirtless. I don't care. Right. So we literally had shirts and skins in there basically for the yeah. deck team, which all right. you know, we well, saw how that worked out. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Just, uh, just because Kev, I know you got uh, Florida recently reopened. Uh, I got to teach a class. Yeah. Which is great. So I, I want to just real quick before we end uh, talk mm -hmm. about the upcoming submission underground card there's a lot of great uh matches going on here and before we get into them specifically i just wanted to know if uh, what kind of thoughts you had about putting this card together specifically uh, this was an awesome card to put together um we had uh when we announced this show date um it was on you know obviously on the heels of um you know the last two uh during quarantine and Everybody, we, we were not sure on competitors wanting to compete, which was a far cry from what happened on March 29th. Um, you know, people were like, hey, we have nothing else going on. We want to be in there. You know, you guys are the only show in town. Um, and so that was cool. Um, you know, Craig Jones is kind of, you know, he's basically the face of Submission Underground right now. And, and we're trying to find someone to beat him. <laughs> um, I would love someone to beat him. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought Vinny was gonna do it, um, but yeah, I mean, Wagner <laughs> Wagner already has, and so yeah. you know, here we are. But um, you know, Brett Primus we've been wanting to get him on the show for a long time. Um, you know, it's been hard, you know, juggling you know his Bellator you know position as well. Um, Jake Shields, Austin Vanderford, Checo, um, you know, Andrew—they've all been regulars on our show, um, and Jordan Holly. Um, 
he obviously came in um he came in i think it was sub 10 um and he he beat um the death squad member uh frank rosenthal yeah and that was a cool match and jordan's so an incredible he's back. an he's an incredible grappler i've, I've yeah. seen jordan grapple first insane yeah. yeah and yeah. wagner wagner's a big pick wagner is Wagner's Wagner, man. Wagner's going to bring a show. He's going to bring a great match, no matter where he goes. He he comes in and he brings he brings it every single time he competes. He's just he's a close friend of mine, Wagner. Well, not a close friend, but I know him well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, there's been some talk about this discrepancy of the weight um, and about how their original match was a few shows ago or a few years ago, rather. And you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but you know, in, in to Wagner's defense, um, and to you know. Craig is a bigger man, but he doesn't grapple like a big guy. In other words, he's not right. going to use a whole lot of pressure. He's not going to use right. – his size isn't always a factor in the way that would influence him against a smaller guy. And, and Sitting you in know, butterfly guard. Sitting yeah, fat. Yeah, Wagner is game. He's he's yeah. not. Believe me, there's nothing that size. None of those things are going to make any difference to him. He's really hard to submit. So he looks so difficult. So peeled right now. Yeah. He looks yeah. peeled. <laughs> well, yeah. and I, I'm pleased that it's the same rule set, so to speak, that they were in before. So it's, you know, it's not. We're not going with a totally different system. You know, so hopefully we can. We haven't. We haven't had anyone take Craig out of three minutes, like two minutes, 45 seconds, I think was the longest. And that was with Kevin Casey. Kevin Casey. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, uh, he's a machine. I, I really see this match going. Wagner has a very good understanding of the leg lock game and the eccentricities, particularly with, when you talk about the inside heel hook, that is Craig Jones moneymaker. If you watch him, remember when he went to Gordon Ryan, Gordon Ryan couldn't submit him with, with a lot of those inside heel hooks. And Wagner yeah. has a very, and it's, he's also rubber legged. He's just, you know, he just doesn't touch yeah. anything. Well, yeah. and he respects that leg locks work, and that's right. Exactly, exactly, right, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> I, I just, I love the fact that the way you were earlier talking about Craig, just as like we built him up, and now like we we can't, we throw everything at him, and we can't. It, it feels like. <laughs> It feels like that scene in Hercules where Hades is like, "All right, we just got to kill him," and like he keeps throwing giant monsters <laughs> at Hercules. It's, and he's just it's like, the monster you created. This guy? You know, throw everything at people. Him. <laughs> People like Craig. I mean, Craig's a likable guy, and he's obviously extremely talented. Um, but people get tired of tuning into the same show, which is Craig Jones wins. You know, it's like okay. So I think everybody, no matter how great they are, they want to see them. You know, I think all of us, humanly, want to see him go down. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but you know, with I, I that said, with that said, I, he's still. He's still our guy, and so whether Wagner wins or not, we're still throwing Craig on the next one, and we're doing this tournament, so we still have Craig at least for the next two shows, I mean, by the looks of it, you know, so. Heather, I'm I mean, sorry, but are you sure none of this is because you guys paid him quite a big chunk of money to stand there and do nothing? It is for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, it well, is for me. <laughs> well, just a, a a lot of great matchups. Um, Thank you. Uh, you'll be able to catch all of these on Fight Pass, and you know, be sure to catch the Jiu-Jitsu Times right up afterwards. But yes. uh, in closing, uh, just because both uh, Kevin and Heather, both of you have uh, a lot of knowledge on both these guys, and and Heather, if you could uh, uh, step out of yourself for a moment, who do you who do you see taking this one? Kevin, we'll start with you. With me first, okay. So. Um, 
just because yeah. I love Wagner and he's my friend. And if I go, if I bet against him, he'll never he'll never talk to me again. I I believe that that Craig Jones has the edge, but I also think that if Wagner plays a smart game and takes it into overtime or ends up on Craig Jones's back, like Wagner is the best in the world as far as I'm concerned when he's on your back. I don't think he could I don't think anyone can hang with him once he gets that uh once he gets that body triangle in and then he starts covering the mouth up and, and shooting the uh because he's mean. He's mean as hell. Yes. And, you know, if, he, <laughs> if he can get inside Craig Jones head early and, and, and play that game and, and frustrate him with 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 his inability to finish submissions, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Wagner on this one just because I love him. All right. Heather, how about you? I, I'm supposed to say Wagner for marketing purposes. Um, <laughs> like, tune in. Wagner's going to win this one. You know, um, uh, you know if, there was, if there was betting odds, and I, and I never bet on fights, and I don't bet on our jiu-jitsu matches, obviously, but uh, if, there, if there were betting odds and I was a spectator, I would go with Craig. So, And I don't have any reasons for saying that, except for the fact that Craig just hasn't lost yet. So it's a good bet, right? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, personally, <laughs> personally, I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I could, I, I'm, I'm inclined to stay Jones just because we've seen him, you know, overcome some incredible challenges. But uh, all I know, <laughs> all I know is, uh, all I know is, I'm definitely going to be watching it. That's for sure. <laughs> it's right. an exciting, it's an intriguing match. It definitely yeah. is. And I get all I know, I understand all roads point to Craig Jones dominating this just like he does everything else. But like Wagner Roach is definitely a game opponent that's very difficult to submit and has a few tricks up his sleeve as well. And it, it could I turn into a good match. I'm very looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. I will well, say one thing, and I would be remiss before we close. I just want to say one thing before we, we get out of here. I would, I, I, if I, I have a promoter on deck that I have a free range to speak to, I would love, love, love to be on one of your shows. If you could ever find a space for me, I will pander. Okay. I don't care. And I'll be even more front and me, right, even Kev, more Kev, blunt. Kev, 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 shut up. Uh, I'll, I'll do the work for you. All right. You want a three-time uh, uh, IBJJF Masters champion uh alligator wrangling uh slick son of a bitch you got to go with kevin gallagher he will bring the heat he will bring the meat and he will take no prisoners i didn't want to make i, I didn't want to make it that obnoxious but you can check me out on flow grab when i got the good <laughs> matches on there and even more so than that my absolute dream match is to have a match with Chael's son and i think i could take it to him but we'll just leave it like that. everybody calls that chill yeah right, but chill. i have to know though if you're gonna ask to have a match and you're from florida i have to know how you feel about carol baskins before we make that decision <laughs> i will give you this real quick i got a few minutes i'll be late i don't care i i i actually worked i actually worked in a fine dining restaurant for a long long time and i actually yeah. i actually met her once or twice when she, when she was the big cat restaurant and like she was an absolute fucking insane person for, in that regard, but being a person from Florida, like I know things just watching that documentary, in particular when her previous, when her husband met her on that street, when they showed the footage on Nebraska Avenue, that is the street that all of the prostitutes walked on. So like there, she was 100% a prostitute. And I remember when all of these things went down, I remember being in Tampa when her husband went missing and everyone was just like, oh, yeah, that bitch killed him. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. Kevin this Gallagher is... is officially Florida, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. I he do is... nothing to do about Florida. All it roads lead Tampa, back to Kevin way. eventually. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a very, very uh, 
a very enjoyable episode uh, from both of our ends, I hope, of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. Uh, Heather, <laughs> thank you very much for for, or for uh, blowing an afternoon uh, hanging out with us. Um, if there was, if there's anything uh, that we didn't cover, submission underground related, or or anything else related that you want to plug right now, uh, feel free. Uh, May 31st, Submission Underground 14. And if you think you can beat Craig Jones and seven other people, then let me know so that we can get you in this tournament because we got to make decisions on that pretty soon. I'm 43. I'll take a super fight. I don't think I want to be part of that. I don't think I, I'm not a tournament guy no more. I got I got one five, 10 minute match in me, and I'm freaking, that's all I got to give you. So I'll go super hard for them 10 minutes. But then five I'm minutes, no overtime. <laughs> It's like Bob Sapp. You pay you pay me to fight for thirty seconds. After that, I'm taking the dive. Like, <laughs> I think I think Veroni and Tim Sylvia both said that too. They're like, do we have to do the overtime? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> All right, me and Kev, me and Kev uh, tag team match versus the world. We'll take on anybody. <laughs> we got them all. Okay. We got them all. We're all couples. All right, third place. It's at right, New good. Jersey Fed right over here. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but this has been the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I've been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher, and special guest, Heather Standing. Once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you. And uh, yeah, keep watching the jiu-jitsu that's coming out. Uh, stay safe. Remember to try and support your local gyms if you can. And uh, we're, every day we're in this is one day closer to the end, you know, uh, so just uh, <laughs> keep your head up. Goodbye. We'll see you later. <laughs>